feel like we should have known this already Were we even taught this at all? everybody and welcome to Will This Be On The Test. I'm Maddie. And I'm Austin. And we're here today to talk about some things we should have learned in school, but didn't learn, didn't learn fully, or didn't learn correctly. And sometimes we talk about some movies we've seen, like Nope. Have we really not recorded since we saw Nope? I feel like we did. I think we have. We probably have. We, Yeah, we're bad at remembering things. No, because that was before I went to Texas. Oh, yeah, it's true, it's true, it's true. Uh, we did see Uma, that was good. Yes. Uh, it's spelled U-M-M-A. It's on Netflix, I think. Um, they pronounce it Ama during oh, yeah. the movie. It is Sandra O, oh, and it's kind of a horror movie, kind of a generational family trauma in Kanto kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, that's been kind of our jam recently because we also just finished uh, reading uh, I'm Glad My Mother's Dead. I'm Glad My Mom Died. I'm Glad My Mom Died. By Jeanette McCurdy. We typically do not like the same kinds of books. I like stupid sci-fi and fantasy. I like memoirs, biographies, and horror. But honestly, the title drew us in. Good job, Jeanette. Very good. And it was getting some really good buzz. Like, she's got a great PR team who, like, you know, made some scandals about it and published just enough of the pieces of it and all of that. Austin had some Google Play, I had an Audible credit, and we just decided to listen to it at the same time, and it's been kind of a primary topic of conversation ever since. Yeah, it is. Oh boy. It is oh boy. (laughs) Yeah, it's a really good book about trauma that you can undergo without realizing you're undergoing trauma. Another good book for that is Educated. But in this case, it's not some kind of hero's journey type of story. She is like still talking about like, it's a struggle. It remains a struggle. I'm not perfect today. I'm not, I don't have this PhD like an educated. She, she does a very good job of saying, yeah, I was getting help and I was still struggling. I didn't immediately. Yeah. That's one thing that happens with a lot of people. They assume, you know, first therapy session, they're going to feel better. First week of, I mean, she doesn't talk about medications really, but First week of medications, you're going to feel better. It's going to be this magical cure. It's not. Your medications can take three months to actually work. Same with birth control, guys. It can make you feel like shit for the first couple of months. It doesn't mean it's not working. It doesn't mean it's not worth it. Um, Like, if you feel too bad, talk to your doctor. Um, You just got to give things time and have patience and know that things are going to suck sometimes even so. The only thing I've ever found that worked really well for me quickly was Adderall. Uh, which, again, only get that through your doctor, not through the kid selling it out of his locker. You don't know that that shit's Adderall. Yeah, it could be anything. It yeah. could just be chiclets. Yeah, it could be vitamin C. That's kind of what it looks like a lot of the time. Like, oh no, it's orange flavored. It's fine. I figured out finally that my thyroid meds taste like fake blueberry. <laughs> Disgusting. So yeah, we recommend that book for sure. I'm Glad My Mom Died by Jeanette McCurdy. And read it around your mom or not. Yeah. (laughs) It depends on who your mom is and if you're trying to send a message or if your mom understands that this book is not about her. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine having the kind of mom where it's like, I'm reading a book in front of her that's like, I'm glad my mom died. And she's like, why would you read that about me? It's like, are you saying you're dead? It's like, why don't you love me? It's like, I'm reading a book. It's like, you you taught me to read. How's your throat feeling? Are you enjoying those almond cookies I made you? (laughs) Oh, that was a deep cut. Yeah, very deep cut. So Austin actually goes first this I week. No, I get to go first this week. Are you ready? No, never. Okay, well, give us a couple minutes. Do you need me to sing you a song? Yes. Um, I can't think of anything that's out of the public domain, so we're going to skip that part. Um, or For once, Austin's is twice as long as mine is in terms I of know. notes. So we'll see who actually talks for longer, though. It's going to be her. It's always her. All right, check the time. How, what are we doing on time right now? Four minutes, four 45 seconds? Go. Now. Okay. We've covered a lot of strange occurrences and conspiracies over the years on this podcast. Yes. Cryptids, ghosts, cover-ups, and all of manner of things that are just kind of like open secrets or things we just don't talk about. Mm-hmm. So this week's topics should not really surprise anybody. I'm going to talk about pickleball. Fuck you. Pickleball <laughs> is not real. It's like Jiggly Ball from Scrubs. <laughs> 
I did not hear about pickleball existing until I was 30, and I am convinced that it is a joke being played on me by the entire country. Well, pickleball is a very real sport. No. That suddenly everybody seems to play. It's not real. But unfortunately, I have remembered that I've already covered a sports topic in 2022. And contractually, I'm not allowed to cover another one until 2023, as per the unwritten rules of our podcast. Wait, so you're not actually talking about pickleball? I'm not actually talking about pickleball. Pickleball's not real, guys. I'm going to talk about Matthew Hopkins, the Witchfinder General. The famous pickleball player. (laughs) Getting around the rules. Uh, Yeah. Um, As we've mentioned before, Salem was not the only place where they had witch hunts. Uh, There were periods of panic over witches or werewolves or just Satanists or sorcerers living amongst God-fearing Christians that popped up all over Europe for centuries before the first colonizers even set foot in the New World. Oh, I know Matthew Hopkins. I'm ready for this. And just like basketball has its Michael Jordan. Okay, now you're talking sports again. And pickleball has its Ben Johns. Go away. Matthew Hopkins was the Goat, the greatest of all time. And also a goat. That's why he started hunting witches, is he got turned into a goat. Yes, but he got better. (laughs) Uh, He and his followers killed roughly 200 accused witches and sent more people to the gallows than all of the other English witch hunters did in their previous 160 years of witch hunting combined. Mm -hmm. Because uh, there had only been legal witch hunting in England for about 160 years. Before that, it was more like lynching. But uh, Queen Elizabeth signed the first, Elizabeth I signed the first uh, witch hunting laws. And even then, it was kind of lenient. Like, the first witch trial, the accused witches were convicted and sentenced to one year in prison. Yeah. Not death. It wasn't until King James VI in which they started getting crazy because... He was on a boat that almost sank, and he blamed witches for it. So uh, he wrote a book, a demonology, about witch hunting. Yeah. And changed it so that, yeah, you uh, have to kill witches. It is legal to kill accused witches. So, yeah, there was witch hunting in England. But no one had really pursued it masterfully until Matthew Hopkins. Uh Uh-huh. And we also, uh, we don't know a lot about Matthew Hopkins. Like, we know he was born roughly 1620-ish near Suffolk. And he was the fourth of six children and the son of a respected vicar. Vicar? Vicar. Which is like a fancy English word meaning preacher man. Vicar. It's like a goalie. Yeah. Friends reference. It's been a while. And we also don't have a lot of information about what he did before he started hunting witches. Some people think he went to the Netherlands for a minute. And other people think he was trained as a lawyer based on the way he tried his witch cases. But we don't have any evidence of that stuff. And we're also pretty sure he uh, got a sizable inheritance from his father and used that money to purchase an inn. But again, we don't know for sure. We know he had an inn, but we don't know exactly how he got it. Uh, We do know that he started his witch hunting career in the year of 1644. Roughly, uh, actually exactly 321 years before pickleball was invented in Cambridge Island, Washington. No, it wasn't. By people at a barbecue who wanted to play badminton but couldn't find a shuttlecock. Are you trying to say that pickleball was invented by witches? I'm not not saying that. And that the witches are all trying to trick me so that I walk outside one day and just a bunch of pickleballs are hurled at me? Or perhaps just a bunch of pickles? I mean, I would. you would love it if someone hurled a bunch of pickles at you. Just open your mouth, try and catch a pickle out of the air. Or are they sweet or are they dill? They're both. Some no, are spicy. No, I don't like it. It's too much of a trick. Uh, Most of the information we do have about his witch hunting and all the stuff comes from uh, his book, The Discovery of Witches, also some things written by his witch hunting contemporaries, and just some official records from the time. But, oh, also, his book, The Discovery of Witches, is not the Deborah Harkness book or the TV series A A Discovery of Witches. This is the Discovery of Witches. In case you're wanting to read it and you're really, really confused about the romance plot and how he so accurately predicted the future. Okay. Is Discovery the the name for a group of witches who are not a coven? I don't think so. I think it was about how he was finding. So He was so good at finding them. But like, what would a Discovery of Witches be then? I don't know. Because like, if you're- I'd like, have to read a Discovery of Witches to find out. I think a coven is like a group of witches who are like a group of witches who work together. But if there's just like a bunch of witches in one place, would they be called a discovery? Oh, like, like how a group of baboons is called a congress? I guess. I don't know. Maybe it is. Yeah. And also, uh, Matthew 
uh, Hopkins came into witch hunting at a really interesting time. First, although it was in the law that you could kill people accused of witchcraft, uh, recently uh, a physician under King Charles had determined that you needed to have material evidence of witchcraft in order to actually convict someone of a crime. So not just phantom phantasmic evidence like I've talked about you've talked about last week. Yeah. Yeah, like all of this like it's like you none of this like I saw her dance with a goat naked under a full moon nonsense. You needed to provide actual proof. Pixar didn't happen. Yeah. And uh you also needed to prove that they owned their powers deliberately and they and they had that they had gained them through deliberate action. Meaning if they just naturally could do this or that this was just something they could do naturally or it was an accident uh, it's not witchcraft. They had to be deliberately conspiring with Satan to undermine Christianity. So what did they call it if you naturally could do it? I didn't find anything about that. A whoopsie doodle, I guess. How do they know that it's still, that it's not from Satan? Just put yeah. in you as an infant. Yeah. So yeah, they changed the rules on him. It's like, it used to be easier, but then like right when he's about to start doing his witch hunting, they changed up the rules and it's a move almost as controversial as the double bounce rule in Pickleball. She is giving me a death stare. Uh, this is worth it. This is so worth it to me. I'm kind of hoping it's like a toddler having a tantrum where if I just ignore them, they stop. <laughs> you, uh, <laughs> They're not going to stop. I'm still having a great time doing this. And, but luckily for him, even though they had this rule change, uh, and luckily for like basically nobody else except for maybe Oliver Cromwell, the English Civil War had recently started. So... And there was a lot of fighting in the area where he was. So there wasn't a lot of work going to enforce these rules or like, you know, any type of oversight on him. It was a lawless wasteland and he was running crazy. Uh, much like how, yeah. He lost his spot. Yeah, I did lose my spot. The witches got him. The witches got me. Twas a witch. The first trial he was involved in involved Elizabeth Clark. Mm-hmm. An elderly woman accused of causing cattle to die using her sorceress abilities. Mm -hmm. um, but there were other lesser witch finders who were watching her for days to see if she consorted with the devil or summoned her familiar. Much like how a PPA, Professional Pickleball Association, judge would try and spot a line fault in an intense game. But then Hawkins stepped in to settle the score once and for all. So... How did our intrepid hero go about his holy duty of purging the English countryside of Satan's dark influence? How? Torture! Shocking! But not your grandma's torture. Well, this sounds like it was a torture of a grandma. Yeah. Because torture was illegal. This, what he did was, uh, he would deprive his victims of sleep mm -hmm. until he had confession, or he'd put them in solitary confinement and deny them food. Or he would force them to exercise until they collapsed. Oh, kind of like the president's physical fitness tests. And kind of like the same exact same thing that the CAA does to suspected terrorists to get confessions. And kind of like Austin's doing to me right now by pretending pickleball exists. That's, that's gaslighting. That has nothing to do with this. I feel like gaslighting is a form of torture. It is a form of torture, actually. So Wait, yeah. then why are cops allowed to do it? Because we're in America and the laws are not meant to protect the people. They're meant to protect property. Yeah. Cops, cops are, all cops are bastards. All right. And <laughs> Let's not get into that. No. You and I have slightly differing opinions. Yeah. And of course, this is, uh, the, the uh, sleep deprivation is also similar to how people complain about the noise from pickleball courts prevents them from sleeping. I'm prevent, I'm complaining about the noise from your mouth about pickleball. <laughs> so yeah. So Hawkins uh, deprived her of sleep. Instead of like, you know, the good old fashioned Spanish Inquisition, we are going to use thumbscrews and beatings and, you know, all of that stuff. Well, it'd become too expected by that point. And nobody should expect a Spanish Inquisition. Yeah, once they start expecting it, it's no longer the Spanish Inquisition. It's got to be changed. But uh, after he had deprived her of sleep for several days, uh, he came with a confession from Clark. And he also claimed that he saw Clark summon a demonic rabbit named Sack and Sugar. Mm-hmm. A greyhound named with long legs named Vinegar Tom. Sure. Uh, by the way, Vinegar Tom also turned into a headless four-year-old boy. That's horrifying, actually. And there was just like about a dozen other little demons and imps and familiars she summoned during this time that he, she confessed to. 
they had names straight out of fucking cats, by the way. There was... Rumple Jerry and Mungo Teaser. <laughs> no. Wait, that's not Pe- it. Peck in the Crown and uh, Grizzle Greedy Guts. So, people, if you are looking for original and unique baby names... Yeah, uh, there is actually an illustration... Uh, by the way, if you want to see these, uh, there is actually an illustration from his book that includes uh, pictures of these Empson familiars and their names, and it is delightful. It looks like a three-year-old drew it. If I am forced to start a pickleball team, I am naming us the Vinegar Toms, and our mascot is a centaur-like creature that's dog with headless four-year-old body. Perfect. Hey, uh, Vinegar Tom will go great with pickleball because of the pickles. And pickling. And no one will ever want to play with us because of our horrifying mascot, and therefore I am free of this curse of pickleball. Yeah, by the way, these names that they had for these imps were even stranger than these very real moves from the very real sport of pickleball. The paddle swipe, the drop serve, and the chainsaw serve. Wait, do I get to play this game with the chainsaw? Because my mind Absolutely. Have you not paid attention to any of the rules of pickleball? Chainsaws are heavily involved. Okay, I might be getting more interested because previously it sounded kind of like tennis meets table tennis to me, and I have a strong resentment towards tennis, even though I'm really good at it. Yeah, but he did get the confession from her, and the names of the other people in the area who are also in league with the devil. Sure. All in all, uh, 18 people were hanged in Barry St. Edmund's 16 of which were women. Oh, yeah. There were five others that died before they could be hanged. Uh, other accounts mention between 100 and 200 others that were awaiting trial. Mm-hmm. But the king's army advanced through the area and kind of just, like, muddied the waters on actual accurate record-keeping in the area. So we are unsure how many were actually tried and how many were actually executed. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hopkins claimed that there were 68 condemnations and other, like, you know, people in the area who wrote about it reported that there were between 60 and 70 hanged. Mm -hmm. Thank you for using hanged correctly. I know. Yeah. According to one of Hopkins' associates, only 17 of the people awaiting trial were men. It was still a majority women who were accused of witchcraft. Well, we are way more evil. It's true. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of like how a majority of new players coming into the sport of pickleball are also women. That just sounds false. I've never heard a woman be like, yes, let's go play, play pickleball. It's only men. Yeah, it's retired women mostly. See, maybe that's why I haven't heard of it, because I am too young to play pickleball. Yeah. Yeah. After this initial success, Hopkins and his followers took the show on the road. Uh, much like your, tra- much like your traveling pickleball teams, I'm sure. There are traveling pickleball teams, but I didn't mention them. Thank you for bringing those up for me. <laughs> I wish you could see her face. It is um, a mix between a scowl and disappointment. Do you want to post that picture that was accidentally taken of me during a photo shoot when you made some bad joke and I looked at you? <laughs> Because that's pretty much what's happening right now. Oh, man. So yeah, he, Hopkins went over villages and towns all over East England, and which, by the way, at this time were already plagued by religious violence and Puritan extremism as there was fighting in the English Civil War going on. So it was just kind of a unstable environment already. And he would come in and he would offer to purge these villages of witch, of their and towns of their witches. And even to the point where, like, p- environments and... Uh, Puritans and leaders in these villages would invite him and they would pay him handsomely. I thought to ask if you were going to talk about the way he made his money. Yeah, they would pay him to come get rid of their witches. They would invite him in and they paid him handsomely. He was paid by the witch, right? I didn't see he was paid by the witch. I've see, I I think I remember he was paid, like there was a base fee and then he was paid. I, I yeah. Don't quote me on this because I'm not the one who recently did the research on it. I saw, that, I saw that he had a base fee. I did not see anything about a by the witch charge. I think he was paid by the witch, which is why he was him. Yeah. He made roughly a thousand pounds doing this, which in today money is around 300,000 US dollars. I know, that comes up at, well, no, I deleted it, but it comes up in my stuff today, too. Uh, That's roughly enough to build six lighted pickleball courts to regulation size. That actually sounds like a pretty low-cost sport. Yeah, it is. That's part of why it's getting popularity. 
All you need is a place and some pickles and someone yeah. to throw them at. Exactly. Uh, and a chainsaw to try to defend yourself against the pickles? Yeah. Okay. Uh, the pickles are alive. Okay, this is just... I, now I really don't believe you. It's it's completely true. Pickleball is real. No. It's like Jigglyball, <laughs> I'm telling you. So, uh, while he was doing this, both Parliament and the King didn't really like what Hopkins was doing. But they also, neither of them really had the ability to stop him. Because, again, this was in a contested area, and... The power dynamic was just weird. And they were also busy fighting a goddamn war. So they didn't want to have to deal with a religious zealot just going around the villages. It was a civilian matter and they just had other things on their hands. So they just didn't stop him. Why was Matthew Cromwell not fighting in the war? Not Cromwell. Oliver um, Cromwell. Matthew um, Hopkins. Uh, he, was, he wasn't fighting in this war, but he was fighting in his own war. And it's like, I'm just kind of curious to know how he managed to get out of like being told he had to go fight in the other war. Um, he, well, I could, all I know is that he declared himself the Witchfinder General, and he was in fact already involved in a more important war, a spiritual war against witchcraft. So in his mind, he was fighting a war. I didn't see anything about why he was like exempt from military service. They're like, this dude is too crazy to be in the military. Let's let him go after some women. Yeah. Also, um, Parliament, even though he's calling himself the Witchfinder General... Neither Parliament nor the King or any other authority granted him that title. He declared himself that, mm-hmm. much like you declare bankruptcy. I declare pickleball is not real. Yeah. And while he was doing this, he adopted some exciting new ways of proving witchcraft. Because remember, he needed evidence. And you know how he got that evidence? Torture. He made it up. It was completely bananas bullshit. Like, for example, uh, one of his earlier methods of swimming witches. Mm-hmm. And the science behind this was that witches rejected their holy baptism, and as a result, water repelled them. So, if you tied a person to a chair and threw them in a pond or river, a a good Christian man or woman would simply sink to the bottom and drown, thus proving their innocence. But if they floated, it's because the water rejected them, because they rejected their baptism— and so if they floated, they would be fished out, and then they would be ki- killed as witches. This sounds like it somehow relates to the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the authorities actually spoke out against this method and made him stop it. Because it's like, hey, like, don't do this. Kind of like how America opposed the International Federation of Pickleball and withdrew from the league after the governing body decided that the USA Pickleball Association was not going to be in charge of international pickleball. Good. Yeah. There were other methods he used, too, that were also somehow much dumber. Like, uh, he would simply cut people with a dull knife to see if they bled sufficiently. (laughs) What does sufficiently mean? (laughs) They did not define it. It was much like with witch hunting. There's not like, you know, it's all from your heart, not from your head. Well, if you cut somebody in the head, they bleed a lot more. They do. And then there was another method, which was much more widespread. Because you see... Witches needed to feed their familiars blood. And it was kind of like how you would nurse a baby. Uh Uh-huh. But, you know, and so to do this, the the devil would leave a mark on them, either with his claws or with a hot iron. And from there, there would be a mark which you would feed your familiar. But they were sneaky and they'd try and hide it. So you're talking about like the witch's teat situation, which could be literally anywhere on your body. Mm -hmm. So in trying to find these marks, uh, the witch finders would strip and shave the body hair of suspected witches, and if they found a blemish, mole, cyst, scar, cut, skin tag, or extra nipple, it was clear that this is what you were using to feed your familiar, and that was all the proof of witchcraft that they needed. And guess what part of the body they really liked looking in? By the ladies. Specifically, the vagina. Yeah, they liked to dig to around. examine it. Now... It was, they were looking for moles and stuff. There was parts that they knew were already there. Yeah. Whether or not they approved of them. Yeah. So they, they would inspect these things very carefully, much like how you should inspect your pickleball for cracks or flaws before serving. So you're saying that you should take your pickleball into a back room full of women and have them strip it down? Exactly. Man, you're finally getting the rules of pickleball right. Sexism. Sexism is the first rule of pickleball. And chainsaws are the second rule. And They're the third rule. The, the second rule is don't talk about Fight Club. The third rule is uh, don't tell Maddie that pickleball isn't real. Yeah. Now, you might be thinking to yourself, but people just have these marks naturally. They had to know this, right? And the answer is yes. 
They did know that, oh yeah, some people just have moles or marks or blemishes. It's like, this is just a thing that happens to people. Not all of them are from witchcraft, but these were experienced professional witch hunters and they could just tell which marks were natural and which marks were supernatural. They didn't elaborate on how. Again, it was just a gut feeling. It's like, yeah, that's clearly caused by Satan. You were just born with that. Yeah, I have one of the marks I'd look for. It's uh, on my arm and it talks. So I'm guessing they'd go with me being a witch. Well, I think the teeth would definitely be what gave it away. Yeah, probably. Now, it is not clear how many people died in this witch hunt. We have some records of executions from the time, but with the war, the extrajudicial killings that were also happening of witches, and uh, just all of the victims that died as a result of the tests, we don't have a very clear number of how many died. The general consensus is that it was more than 100, likely around 200, 300 at the outside. And a vast majority of them were women, roughly 90%. Yep. Uh, Then, um, in... 1647, Matthew Hopkins died of what was probably tuberculosis at the age of 27. Good. So someone needs to add him to the 27 club list with Jimi Hendrix and Amy Winehouse. And Mike the Headless Chicken. And Mike the Headless Chicken. No, he does not deserve to be on that list. No. Mike is a goddamn treasure. Mike, we didn't deserve you. Now, there are stories of him being accused of witchcraft by his own followers and drowned. Those are false. He did die of some sort of lung thing, probably tuberculosis. You know what's a lung thing? Drowning. Yeah. (laughs) And this is similar to how there are stories that Pickleball was named after the inventor's dog, Pickle. But in fact, uh, they were already calling it Pickleball for a variety of reasons. And they named their dog after the sport because they didn't get the dog until after they had invented Pickleball. Yeah, that's another reason I don't think Pickleball exists. Yeah. No reason to call it that. So yeah, that is the witch. That is my brief history of pickleball that I snuck in with facts about witch hunters. Now, didn't witch hunter general kind of become a thing after that though? Like especially in America, kind of like it. De- this definitely influenced the witch hunts in America. Yeah, because I was looking it up because I remember something about an American guy, and I was like, I feel like Gary Oldman has played this character, but Gary yeah. Oldman has played every character, so. Yeah. Yeah, there's, it's hard to like differentiate between facts and fictions when it comes to these witch hunter generals because... Witch hunters general. Witch like hunters a, general. Which is like attorneys general. Ooh. Or Vanessa's Hudgens. Yes. So yeah, it's like we don't... It's just a, a weird sport and an even weirder time in history with witches in the Civil War. Yes, witch hunting is a weird sport. It's, I'd say almost as weird as pickleball. Which doesn't exist. That seems like something a witch would say to get out of witch hunts. I mean, witch hunting for sure existed, and witches do exist, but pickleball doesn't. I mean, it could be witches. Pickleball was invented by witches to make people think it's real so that they stop hunting the witches. So it was witches? Some evil witches? That is ridiculous. Witches are good and women of power and... That is ridiculous because witches, they were persecuted. Oh, shit. Uh, Something, something, women power. You go over there. (laughs) Oh, which is they are persecuted, wicked, good, and love the earth. And women power, you go over there. I've got a theory. It could be bunnies. I mean, there was a bunny in this. There was a bunny. Because bunnies aren't just cute, like everybody else supposes. They've got their hoppy legs and twitchy little noses. And what's with all the carrots? What do they need such good eyesight for anyway? Bunnies. Bunnies. It must be bunnies. Are you ready for some questions? Are they about pickleball or witches? They're about witches. Will the English Civil War be on any American history test ever? In college. Will Vinegar Tom, the demonic greyhound, be on the test? Yeah. Will the fact that most pickleball players are over the age of 65 be on the test? No, because we don't test over things that we even admit aren't real. And will the fact that pickleball claims to be the most rapidly growing casual sport in America be on the test? No, because that's cricket. Yeah, it is. It actually is. I know. Cricket's actually developing minor, like the equivalent of minor league teams that compete against each other across the United States. Yeah. So pickleball sits upon a throne of lies. Cricket is real. Cricket is real. And it's like super aggressive baseball. Yeah. Where pickleball apparently is wussy tennis. It's like... Okay, Austin has told me what pickleball is, and I probably would really enjoy it if it was real. And... (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. It's like, it's like, oh... It's like, I loved tennis, but like, it was just too competitive. It's like, want to play a less competitive version of tennis? I yeah. have never said that about tennis. I didn't like tennis. 
I didn't like tennis because I was forced to play it. I did like badminton because nobody forced me. And I loved volleyball, which I was also good at, but I didn't play in high school because they apparently made you run the mile like pretty often. And I was like, hard pass. At what point during playing volleyball, which I did play, do I need that level of endurance in running? Shouldn't I focus more on being able to do overhand serves? Because I couldn't do those. So yeah, that is my little segment about witches and nothing else. Sure. (laughs) I... I feel mildly guilty about using this to torture you as much as I did. Well, remember that time I made you talk about um, about banjos? Yeah. <laughs> so This is my revenge. Okay. How long did you talk for? Uh, roughly 31 minutes. Oh, sorry. No, roughly 29 minutes. We started at 4.45. Yeah. 29 minutes. 29 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Give me a starting time and I'll go. Okay. It is now 34 minutes. A few days ago, I made an offhand comment about Mary King's close to Austin, and he had no idea what I was talking about. I still have no idea what you're talking about. So here we go. Got to start with a little bit of background, though. Edinburgh, the capital of Scotland. In the 17th century, it was only 140 acres in total. The Flauden and Telfer walls surrounded it. So like, think of Alcatraz, but a city, because it was largely made for defense. The city was like, shit, we've got more and more people, but we are not expanding the walls. So let's just build the buildings taller. And they actually got some of them up to as high as 15 stories. Damn. Which at earlier definitions called that a skyscraper. Now it's not, but it is taller than most um, apartment buildings. That's a tall building, especially for the time period. This led to This led to a bunch of super narrow alleyways. Like think about the creepy alley scenes in Harry Potter and that's what you've got. They led off the Royal Mile in Edinburgh and made the city, if you look at a picture, look like a fish skeleton from above. Ooh. Pretty cool. They were in two categories called Wins, W-Y-N-D-S, which were open to the public, and Closes, if they were reserved for a private resident entry only. They named Closes for the most important people living there. Mary King was an exception to the primarily male rule. When her husband died, she took control of her own life. Despite having four kids, she became an extremely powerful and fairly wealthy seamstress and fabric trader. So they named the entire close after her because she was kind of the most important person there. Nice. I've decided to structure a lot of this as myth versus fact. Because if you are like me, you're super into ghost shows and ghost podcasts. The thing is, even when they have professional researchers, they tend to lean towards the more macabre, more spooky, and less factual things. And I'm going into the facts, even though I do talk about ghosts, because ghosts are totally real. Um, So I'm going to ask Austin for his gut reaction to each of these myths. I will preface it with, all the myths are fake. Oh, I'm also not calling out any particular podcasts. I'm not calling them liars, just like I don't call teachers liars. I'm calling them misinformed or storytellers. I mean, again, it's like just with mine, it's sometimes like myths become so widespread, it gets difficult to differentiate them from the truth, especially with stuff this old. And that's also one of the things uh, I ran into while I was researching is that the city of Edinburgh and the company that runs the tours has done a really good job of taking over the internet and selling the scarier version of the story because that's going to bring in the tourists. Although if we ever go to Edinburgh, we are totally going on this tour. It looks awesome. No, I would love to go to Edinburgh. All right. So the myth, the closest were dug into the earth to give people more places to live. So like, Basically, what they say is they built up, they ran out of space, so they dug down. You know, that makes sense. It's like, yeah, perfect, down. There's lo- there's so much space underground. But that's the myth. What's oh. the fact? The fact, I'm guessing, is they had some underground storage and stuff, but there weren't people living down there. They just built up until they couldn't build anymore. They didn't dig down at all. They didn't dig down at all? No, none of that's true. None of that's true? The proximity of the rich and the poor was unusual for the time, but there was a hierarchy. Rich people lived in the upper floors, so they wouldn't have to deal with the smells and filth of the poor people on the low areas. The poor people lived at the bottom, even cohabitating with cattle and directly next to the sewers. The place was super gross because there was generally a lack of indoor plumbing. Generally. Uh, This resulted in the dreaded Gardy Lou, 
which it was when people would yell from upper floors and throw buckets of human waste down to the streets at certain times where it would go down the sewer drain areas and into the nearby lake. I'm sorry, but Gardy Lou sounds like such a happy and fun thing to shout. And I would not associate that with I'm about to have shit thrown at me. Well, I can't remember if it's the Scottish or the Irish who refer to their police as the Guardies. I think that's Ireland. And then, of course, Lou is toilet. Yeah. Um, which this is actually historically why I believe men walked on the outside of sidewalks as opposed to the inside. I've heard this. Um I- like we always think it's because of cars splashing things up or potentially jumping curbs. It's actually so that if they get if something gets thrown down, they are more likely to get hit. The exception, like I said, most toys toilets were not there was not indoor plumbing. There was an exception. There was a guy named Andrew Chesney who had an indoor t- toilet, which he called his Thunderbox. <laughs> what? Mm-hmm. That's what Austin calls our bathrooms too. Yep. He I, was please, so, I call them the Thunderdome. He was so proud of it that he left the door to his home open so people could see it as they passed by. Ew. Uh, and he was also a very wealthy sawmaker. Little side. Uh, the sewage ran into a lake, which I'm sure made that lake super clean. And allegedly, though not proven, they drowned witches in that lake. <laughs> Myth. The government completely walled in Mary King's close during the plague. Ooh. I'm going to say completely. It sounds like they probably just like... Lo- Walled in, like, the lower areas with the poor people and the rich people got to do their thing? No. Oh. Uh, Fact, that doesn't even make sense. How would they do that? Around 600 people lived there. Why would those people let them casco amontillado them? You would have, like, because not everybody who had the plague, everybody around the plague got sick. They would have to deal with a riot. Yeah. So they just didn't. This is not a real thing. (laughs) Um, They were, however, quarantined. But, myth, they abandoned people in Mary King's close during the plague. Again, it was 600 people. How could you abandon 600 people? Fact. Edinburgh actually went in the opposite direction. Scotland had remained untouched for quite a while and thought of the plague as an English thing. They even laughed at the English. (laughs) Like, look at those filthy people who deserve to die. And then Edinburgh got hit really hard in the 1640s, culminating in 1645. The government went into Mary King's Close and the other closes and were like, who here is healthy? Didn't matter rich or poor. If your family was healthy, they found you a new place to live. They moved you above ground to a different area. I, can't, I didn't write down the name of the area. And you were pulled out. The other people down there would hang white flags on their doors to indicate we are still here. We are still alive. And people would deliver coal and food to their front doors. Wow. Mm-hmm. Look at that. Medieval Scotland having a better approach to a quarantine than modern America. And then they had George Ray who was the plague doctor in Edinburgh. And I want you to imagine though, like you're delirious with fever. You've got the, you've got the plague. And then you live in this extremely dark alleyway. And all of a sudden a dude in the plague out doctor outfit comes oh, walking that's down. Right. You've been wearing the crazy plague outfits. Yeah. Oh, I also wear this. Do you know why plague doctors didn't die very often? Why? It wasn't so much because of the masks so that helped. Their capes and stuff were all made of leather. So fleas couldn't bite them. Oh. So plague doctors actually didn't die at high, as high rates because they were effectively guarded against any rats and against fleas. And George Ray kicked ass at this job. He actually kind of understood how the plague worked. He saved a shit ton of people. And assuming that he would die, the government was like, oh, yeah, we're going to pay you 1200 Scots per month, which is what their money was called. He didn't die. And they were like, shit, we don't have any money for you. So he had to take them to court to get his money, which I they didn't have any conversion rates for Scots to modern money. So I had to base it on pounds, which they also didn't go back to the 1640s. So I did it based on the 1750s, which would be over $350,000 USD today, which is still not enough. Yeah, he. Uh, I'm going to say he did much more work and much better work than uh, Matthew Hopkins. I really want to do an entire episode just on the plague and the way they treated it and how different countries handled it. I've done little bits and pieces here, yeah. but I want to do just a whole ass, probably series on the plague because what we learn about it in school does not cover what actually happened. Nope. I mean, it's not lying. It's not untrue. It's just simple. There's a lot happening. Myth. The close has been empty since the 1600s. That can't be true. It's like prime real estate. There's always been someone there. People lived there until 1902, when the last family, the Chesneys, if you remember them, Thunderbox, (gasps) was forced out. Oh. In fact, it wasn't until the mid-1750s that the close began to even fall apart. 
The government was like, you know, this is the perfect place to build our royal exchange because by this time Edinburgh had expanded outside of the city walls and new Edinburgh was doing better financially than old Edinburgh. So they're like, shit, we need to compete. So we need this large, like basically exchange commercial area. And so they looked around like, this is the perfect place, but God damn, there's a bunch of people living there. What do we do? That is when they covered the people up. Oh, so it wasn't plague. It was just capitalism. But they didn't just kill people like we also say they did during this time. They did what they wanted to do, what we want to do to our house. They cut off the upper stories, made the entire area even. So the wealthy people are actually the ones who moved out. And then they just covered it over and made what was left of the close a basement. And the areas that were in pretty good shape became storage for a lot of really important documents. But people still lived down there. There was an entire under, literal underground trade happening. You could go down there and go shopping. You could so, go. People lived there. People worked there. The sawmaker was still there. Um, again, think back to um, not Diagon Alley, the other one, um, Nocturne Alley. And it kind of looks like that. It's that <laughs> level of dark, but there actually is no, there is a top to it here. So basically, instead of like, they didn't, the underground came to them. Yeah. That's amazing. And people were just allowed primarily to still live there. It was the worst parts that they mostly covered up. The places that were still livable didn't get covered up and you could come and go as you pleased. Ooh. Until 1902, when they decided to expand. And there's only one family there anyway with their thunderbox. <laughs> now, myth. Final myth. All the ghosts that people claim to see there died of the plague. I mean... No, there's got, there's always going to be some murder ghosts. There's got to be a murder ghost. Uh, the fact is, we have no idea where most of the ghosts came from. Oh. We do know who some of them are, and actually, to our knowledge, none of those ones died of the plague. <laughs> there are murdery things, but those also might just be myths that they added to make the story scarier. I couldn't find any evidence of any of them. The earliest report of ghosts is from Thomas Colehart, who was a lawyer, and his family in 1685. As in, these people were reporting ghosts in 1685. They were actually mostly driven mad by what they were seeing, which was like this messed up zombie-like dog that would sleep on their chairs, a ghost kid, and random limbs just kind of floating in the air. <laughs> what? Yeah. So 1685, they're claiming this. Thomas Colehart's a ghost now. People see him. Ooh. The most famous resident is Annie. In 1992, a Japanese psychic named Aiko Gibo went on the tour they have. She is bored. There was nothing there. Until she entered a certain room and she immediately got sick, hungry, and cold. And as she tried to leave, a hand grabbed her on the leg. Now, I am way more likely to believe a psychic from, like, Japan or the Philippines or someplace where ghosts are just kind of accepted because if you're a psychic there, it's not as big of an anomaly. It's not as big of like, ooh, look at this. They can see ghosts. Because everybody's like, yeah, ghosts are ghosts. Of yeah, course they ghosts do. are real. I mean, that's like, just accept it. Move so on. I'm like way more willing to believe her than I am to believe a lot of them. Um, so she actually got out. She's like, okay, it's a little girl. Her name is Annie. She is near the fireplace. And the reason she's so sad is because she lost her favorite doll. So she went up to the gift shop, found a doll, bought it, and brought it down to her. Uh, Annie felt better. And Aiko Givo said that as long as the doll is here... Annie will be content and she won't bother anybody. She'll leave this place alone. Since then, people have been leaving toys and other gifts. But in 2019, the OG doll disappeared. <gasps> they dug through everything else, but it was gone. They had no record of what type of doll it was. No. So they had to research and they found out it was a vintage Daisy doll designed by Mary Quant. I could not find if they replaced it or if it has affected the level of activity. But whoever took that doll, you're a douchebag. Huge. Even dick move. if it hasn't changed me, but if you don't believe in any of this, not cool. Yeah. I also would like to make it clear that I have no doubt that Zach Bagans had nothing to do with that. Zach Bagans, nothing else, is not a thief. And he also doesn't tend to torment children ghosts. Yeah. Like, he might be like, I have your doll. What are you going to do? But he's not going to take it. It's like, he's like, he sits down, it's like, hey, ghost, you want to come out and fight me? He's pretty good with kid ghosts, usually. As long as he's Kind of like Gordon Ramsay is kind of good with, good with kid chefs. Mm hmm. There is, though, no historical record of the existence of Annie. That said, I doubt everybody was recorded. Yeah. Another ghost is Major Thomas Weir, who was allegedly executed as a witch. <gasps> 
And then Andrew Chesney, a.k.a. Thunderbox. Does he haunt toilets mournfully crying that they're better than his? No, he haunts his saw-making shop where he tells people to get out. And it seems to be that he's annoyed they are not paying customers. Okay, let's move on from myths versus facts. Okay. People then forgot about the clothes. (laughs) Completely. (laughs) Until World War II when workers accidentally dug into it. And then they were like, sweet. And they turned that and any other clothes into bomb shelters. Smart. Yeah. And then the 1980s, archaeologists got to inspect it. They discovered evidence of all of the stuff being kind of preserved, anything that was still standing, um, like a bakery where the wallpaper had cyanide in it. So don't lick the walls, kids. You can't tell me what to do. The close then opened to the public in the late 80s or early 90s. Ghost hunters, tourists, tour guides, and even non-believers report encounters, some claiming to feel things. But again, the place is dark, damp, and claustrophobic. So it very well could be that. And that is coming from me, a full believer in ghosts. I also think we need to look at the potential logical explanations for things. Others claim to see full-bodied apparitions, orbs, Some hear footsteps, voices, fire alarms get set off by nothing. Even scientists who have been down there doing legitimate studies have had things happen to them. Full-blown scientists who are there to study, to figure out where the ghost shit is coming from and how to disprove it, can't disprove it now. (laughs) Um, I looked at photos and I watched videos. The whole area reminds me of the bunkers from World War II or the Cold War or tunnels created during Prohibition. You know how dark and dank those are. People lived in that their entire lives. Um, you can go on tours of it now, and this is what I love about the UK. They are super into reenactments and wax figures. So you walk through, your tour guide is going to be in full costume and character. You will might run into yes. other actors, and you will walk past places and see wax figures of people doing their work. They have completely redone the place to make it look like it should have looked back then. They have gotten rid of the cyanide and the wallpaper, but they probably replaced Boo. it with identical wallpaper. To me, I think it adds like a good layer of understanding and the perfect amount of kitsch. I love it. I also watched a TikTok video by Old Edinburgh, Burra, uh, A-U-L-D Edinburgh, all one word. I hate it when people are like, I watched a TikTok and they can't remember the name. They claim to be the first person there that day. Uh, while watching it, I saw a figure dart around a corner, a face in the darkness, and heard footsteps that were trying to match theirs, theirs but not quite doing it. And at one point you see, like, you see them hear it too. They don't say anything in the video, but they whip around and the footstops stop a half second after they do that. So admittedly, the person darting around the corner, it could have been a worker. Like they're there first thing in the morning. It could be somebody setting up the face in the darkness. Could have been pareidolia or whatever it's called. I don't think so though, because it really came out of nowhere. The footsteps, I guess they could add the sound in, but I don't think so. Yeah. Because they also didn't like advertise this exactly it was just like hey they they do a bunch of edinburgh videos they're like this is old edinburgh come check it out um as far as i can tell they are not like look at haunted edinburgh although edinburgh super haunted and currently edinburgh is trying to reopen the old closes as part of a city renovation project not to be tourist locations but to be part of the current city (gasps) oh boy imagine the trendy apartments in the closes i know right so that is the story of mary king's close Ooh. This kind of reminds me, there's something like this in Seattle where they built like the new city on top of the old city. Oh my God. That is its own thing. That is its own thing. But if you're looking for something Murderville. Sim- yeah. If you're looking for something similar uh, and, and you don't want to go to Scotland, maybe go to Seattle. Right. You get, a then get some tossed salad and scrambled eggs. You ready for your questions? I'm ready for questions. Will this be on the test? They named the closest after important people who lived there. Yes. Scotland during the plague focused on keeping people alive. Um, before 2020, yes. Post-2020, no. There have been ghost reports since the 1600s. Yeah. The council buried the closes for commercial reasons, not to kill plague victims. Uh, the, man, the tourist people are going to put a stop to you doing that. And Mary King's Close was in use until 1902 by yeah. residents. Yeah, that'll be on the test. All right. How long did I go? You went uh, almost exactly 20 minutes. I was shorter than you this time. Woohoo! So like, the goal was not to be super fast this week. It's just how it ended up happening. It just ended up happening that way. So uh, yeah, um, Mary King's close. After like, I'm still saying go listen to the other episodes, like the ghost story episodes, because they get way more into the ghosts than I did, and I fully believe in ghosts. Oh, we caught a we caught a ghost on camera in our backyard. Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that. So we've never had a backyard ghost. We don't know what this was. Um, but there's a light, not an orb, 
but like a very bright light that flew out from behind a tree and over this tiny pond we have and then just disappeared. I think it was a fairy, not a ghost. Maybe it was the fae. The fae, I do think they might be here. Um, it's like we and got- it split into two at the end. So there might have either been two flying next to each other or it split. Now, I went through, I researched bioluminescent animal, like bugs in the area. It is too late in the year for fireflies. I looked up what swamp gas looks like because we do have that tiny pond. I've looked up everything I can think of to explain these extremely bright. I, I cannot emphasize enough how bright these are. Lights. And for the rest of the night, our raccoons were freaking out. I have never seen our raccoons act like this. They tried to get into our basement, which they have never tried to do. So that was weird. Yeah. Even Austin was like, could it be this? And I'm like, no, I researched it already. Could it be like, this? And like, even Austin cannot find an answer. Yeah. Um, no one was in our backyard. You can't get car reflections in that backyard. And these were like pinpricks. They were like if somebody had a laser pointer, but not laser pointers. So it was it was neat. And it's not normal. We've yeah. never caught this before. Again, I don't have, when was the last time we left out a little bowl of milk and some stale bread for the fairies? I mean, it's been a while. Maybe that was our warning. Maybe. They, didn't, they seemed happy. Yeah. So I'm terrified of the fae. And you're Swedish. You should be terrified of the fae. It's like those damn elves are going to be the death of me mm-hmm. unless I make unless I do what they ask. It's a it's like the entire maybe they're country. happy because we're trying to make our our area more friendly to natural grass and bugs and wildlife. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they're happy. Maybe this is them being like, look, we happy. can live here now because it's safe and they won't bother us. Yeah, sure. Well, no, I mean we're making it a hospitable environment. We could put a little fairy house out there. Yeah. Our neighbor has a fairy house. Yeah. Maybe they were just on vacation across the street. I mean, it's I would. It's like they're going to like the fun place. We're like the our yard is like the Las Vegas of our neighborhood. It really is. It's weird. And that neighbor's yard is definitely the Utah. They get really tired of the lawn mowing. Yeah, I think that's all that's going on right now. So where can people find us once I get back on track? <laughs> uh, like they can find us on our website at onthetestpod.com, on Facebook at facebook.com/onthetestpod, Instagram at onthetestpod, Twitter at onthetestpod, and TikTok at onthetestpod. Yeah, I haven't done a TikTok in a while. I'm excited to get back to it. Yeah, it's starting to cool off, so I can start working on our haunted closet again. Um, which is not haunted by the Fae. The Fae, the fae don't st- come in, I don't think. No. Uh, there is a Fae in one of my relative's houses that I've Ooh. seen. But, you know, he leaves me alone. We're cool. So on that note, class, class dismissed. dismissed. Pickleball is real. No.